Welcome to A First Perspective with Victoria. I'm so excited to be able to share these conversations with you all, whether I'm sitting down with friends I've known my entire life, mentors that I look up to, or just people who have unique experiences and interesting perspectives on everything that's going on in the world today. I'm so grateful to be able to sit down with these people and share their stories and share their opinions and just be able to have fun with everything. As the title of the podcast suggests, this is all about seeing everything from a new perspective and learning more about other people's perspectives. So it's important to listen with an open mind and a willingness to see things from other people's points of view. And I hope that along the way you are able to either learn something new about what's going on in the world today or to understand something a little bit better that maybe you didn't know too much about. Either way, I hope you enjoy and thank you so much for listening. Hi guys, welcome to part two of my conversation with Carissa and Leah. I'm a little bit under the weather this week, uh, so I'm not going to have a very long introduction, but this is the conclusion for my conversation that I had with them where they talk all about what happens after both of them had their babies and the kind of emotional and mental changes that affected them that I don't think as women or just in general even we talk about very often. And I just appreciate both of them being so open and honest and sharing their experiences, even the parts that maybe were gross or that we weren't expecting, you know, that's life. That's especially childbirth. And I'm just so excited for you to hear the rest of the conversation that we had. It was so much fun. I loved getting to hear their perspectives on being moms and what it was their experiences were like, because that's a perspective and an experience that I don't have. So thanks so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time. I think that's what caused a lot of issues with us and breastfeeding mentally, yeah. and mentally uh, so it's such a blessing but it's also it was like when you have this expectation of like oh i'm gonna have my baby it's take gonna go home great right we're gonna take him home the next day yeah um and then that's not the case like you feel like you failed like gabe and i would come home and cry mm-hmm. like we'd go come home at 11 o'clock at night be eating dinner like just something we picked up like drive through and then we would be like you feel like oh my god like what's happening plus like your emotions and your hormones are going well, because you get home and your house is all ready for a baby, but you can't bring your anymore. yeah, and you can't bring your baby so back weird. yet, it's and so feel so guilty like even just leaving your baby at the hospital yeah. like overnight so you could go home and sleep. You're like, what is happening right now? It's like such a crazy exactly. Life. So with our NICU experience, she got taken right away. Like they kept her in for a little bit, and again, those nurses whispering and oh, did you have gestational diabetes? I'm like, no. And like, oh well, she's just really big. Like her blood sugar's low. Like we're just gonna go take her for a couple hours. And I was like, I was like, oh, that's fine. Like I'll go get some rest. Like obviously, Rob went down there. I think I actually ended up getting to sleep for quite some time, which was I really needed because I couldn't walk. Like my nurses had to walk me to the bathroom even after my epidural wore off because like every muscle in my body. Like, muscles you didn't even know you had yeah, were sore. sore. <laughs> yeah. So, at, like, 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock, oh, at 9 o'clock, the nurse comes in and goes, okay, she should be out in, like, an hour. And I'm like, okay, great. So, at 10 o'clock, Rob's texting me, you need to get down here. You need to get down here now. And so, like, I had to have a nurse wheel me down there because I couldn't walk. And so, I get down there, and Rob's like, okay, backstory. Rob 
is not one to like start confrontation so he knows that like I will do that for him I will try to but honestly at that time I was so exhausted that I'm like I I don't know if I can do this so I get down there he's like this nurse is terrible like Layla was fine like she was breathing fine and this nurse comes in and says no she's not breathing fine and they put oxygen mask on her and they're saying she has to stay overnight like what's going on like she was fine 10 minutes ago so I like come over and I talk to the nurse and she's like, it's just going to be overnight. It's just, it's just going to be overnight. Like, don't worry about it. Like we just need to monitor her breathing. And I'm like, okay. And she's like, let's just go get some rest. So of course I go sleep for a little bit, but you know, you can't really sleep when you're in that much pain. So like the next morning I wake up really early and I go down there and then they do rounds. And so they had like done all this blood work on her And, like, the doctors come around, and they're like, well, we need to do, like, test her spinal fluid, and you can't be there. And so it's like they take your little baby, and they take him to this, like, sterile room with, like, four people, knock them out because they have to, you know, do blood work. And anyways, with that, it came back that she had caught whatever infection I had got, and my infection came from them breaking my water too early. Mm -hmm. And so she had whatever I had. And... So, of course, then I feel guilty, like, oh, I should not have broke my water so early. So you start feeling all this mom guilt, and she's only, like, 24 hours old. And so then, you know, procedure policy is they have to stay for the duration of their antibiotics. So she was there for seven days. And then I was there for at least three because of I was bleeding so much. And then where I lived was, like, a really small hospital, so there wasn't a lot of people there. So my doctor was he was really cool and he's like I just told him you needed to be here like an extra day so like you could stay but we didn't we did not walk out of the hospital for five days like I remember when we went in it was like nice and warm because with Idaho like the seasons changed so quickly then we came out that last night I was there and I was like it was like freezing it was like like fall I'm like oh my gosh I haven't been outside like this real world you're just living inside this hospital yeah. for like a week. And it was, so I don't want to say it was cool, but it was nice because it's like, I'm in the same hospital as my baby. I get mm-hmm. to go down to my room. I get to come back and forth as I please. Yeah. You get three meals a day. Yeah. You know, you know your baby's safe. Yeah. And then I remember, yeah, that first night we went home and it's like, you just feel empty. Like, oh, am I a bad mom? Should I just be at the hospital 24 mm-hmm. seven with her? And I remember going back like the next, we went back the next morning and I would spend like 12 hours a day there and I look back at like videos that we have and I hear like the beeps and sounds Mm -hmm. and I get like PTSD Mm -hmm. from like sitting there hearing it and what's worse not worse what's hard is like to have a healthy baby and then you look around and like you feel so bad for yourself like oh my baby's in the NICU and then I look over at these like babies that have been there for like three months and I'm like wow like I'm so selfish like to think that like this is a big deal like Mm -hmm. I should be happy that my baby's fine like we saw babies come in on stretchers like Mm -hmm. it's traumatizing yeah but your trauma and your pain isn't any less valid just because of what other families are going through yeah like there were babies in there their parents they had been in there so long that their parents wouldn't even like come till the end of the day because they had to get back to work or their normal life so while in the NICU um they feed them every three hours like they have them on a schedule you don't really have a choice and I didn't again like you listen to your doctors like what they say goes like I loved all of our NICU nurses and so they had her on this schedule and so I had started pumping 
and I would bring whatever breast milk I had, but they were still giving her formula. Yeah, but I didn't care. I was never anti-formula. Neither. I was, I never went in like, I have to breastfeed. I have to do this. Like, whatever is best for my baby. You're like, I just want to feed my baby. Like, I just want her the, I mean, she gained her weight back within like 12 hours. Like, she, you know, she had no problem gaining weight. And, but then that kind of started my obsession with pumping and every time we'd go to nurse like she would scream and she would cry and I had to put like the shield on or use like a syringe and this tube and it was it just never came naturally and so like the lactation consultants would come and it was just to them it's like well just do it like here you go and I'm like this isn't working like she's not latching on like I I don't know maybe a couple times she did but it was never a full feeding Mm -hmm. And I felt a lot of pressure and like, oh, you know, breast, breast milk is the best. Like you need to breastfeed your baby, even though I didn't really want to, but it was like the pressure of everyone around me. Like, well, like society and then doctors and then family members too, that are all about it. And Rob, and you know, Rob's her father. So she, he obviously does have a say in like what we're doing. And he was just like, no, you need to keep trying. You need to keep trying. And they're being supportive. Yeah. It works against you too because it makes makes, you feel more guilty makes you feel pressured i wanted to be like all right here you try it yeah you you have a baby stuck on your nipple for like hours on on end and then not even get anything yeah it's and so (laughs) like angry all over again so i was just pumping i was going home and pumping and then um you know finally we got to bring her home and i you know rob went back to work because honestly i didn't tell him to take any time off because i knew that there was nothing he could do like I guess moral support, but at the same time, like for Rob, I knew that him being home would be more stressful. So I was like, go to work. Like, I know that you need to do that. It's okay. I had my mom there. His family was close by. So like our first day alone, I'm like trying to breastfeed and like, I got one good like feeding in. I'm like, okay, I got this. And then like, you know, a couple hours later, she's hungry again. And it just was her screaming and crying and like, knocking the shield off and like this or that and I'm like if I'm gonna have to do this in public okay hold on everybody Rob hold the baby oh let me put this little shield on like okay let's try to you know different positions like I would be stuck at the house and to me that's not something I wanted to do Mm -hmm. so finally I just made the executive decision I text Rob I was like I'm not doing this I was like I'll just pump because pumping was super easy like you get used to it and like I said it was like a schedule every three hours Mm -hmm. so I decided to pump which then also became like another like an obsession Mm -hmm. because I was so So yes and then like at night sometimes I would give her formula and I would feel guilty because I'm like oh look at all this breast milk I'm making like why am I giving her formula so you know then I like I made the decision to exclusively pump I was like I'm going back to work in you know at this time five weeks like breastfeeding probably isn't gonna be in the cards anyways but I'll pump like I'm like a scheduled person and so in my head I was like if I can have the schedule to do it like why not do it so I did it and I was pumping a lot and even her doctor was like oh man this milk is so good like you could tell by like the creaminess of it and like so everyone's like oh your milk's so great like oh she's gaining so much weight like that's great like keep doing it so I felt like encouraged like okay like exclusively like I can do this well you know looking back I pumped for eight months and you know it's 
it's a full-time job. It's not like you just get to pull out your boob and breastfeed your baby and then you're done. It's you have to pump and then you have to clean and then you have to make these bottles and then you have to freeze them, but you can't freeze them too long or they're going to go bad. You can't leave them out. It's like, it's insane. And so I became super obsessed with it and it turned into like my whole life should have been about my baby, but it revolved around pumping, which it was also for her, but it's stressful. And so you know, what happened then was, you know, you're told the more you eat, the more you pump. I mean, that's at least what I did the research on because I was so, so hungry all the time, more than I was when I was pregnant. And so I kept pumping and I kept eating and I kept eating. And then, you know, as now I have learned how eating certain foods affect like my mental state. And so I was eating bad. And so I was having really bad anxiety I would be like crying in the shower like I should just leave like because Rob was it was so easy to him like this baby crying to him wasn't a big deal her crying to me like made every fiber of my body hurt and I'm just like I can't listen to you cry anymore we're programmed to like want to like stop the crying and I couldn't do it like even to this day like if she's whining in the car I just like plug my ears because I'm like I can't do it she has a special cry that she knows gets gets to to your mom mom. and so yeah so I started pumping and through pumping is when I kind of like was obsessed with it and worried about it all the time and I don't even feel like that first eight months I really got to bond with her because my whole day was pumping and then like Rob got home oh I got a pump here you go so he got to do like all the fun stuff with her like putting her to bed and bath time and like I didn't really have that so so looking back on your experience with that, would you, with your next child, what is your goal? Like, do you think you want to pump or do you feel like you would be happy totally giving your baby formula and you do you feel like you would bond better with your baby? I think or? that I will try to breastfeed. Like, Again, I, I'm like going to try. Breastfeed? Yeah. Like, I will try. And if it doesn't work, I'm... I know it sounds weird, but, like, to me, it's going to, like, depend on the time of year. Like, if this baby is born in, like, the winter time, like, cold and flu season, then it's, like, as a mom, like, you I have to, to pump. breast milk. Yeah. yeah. And I think now doing it, I would do it a lot differently. Mm-hmm. Um, like, my pump plugged into the wall. So yeah. I was stuck. Once I started pumping 20 minutes, I can't move. Mm-hmm. Now it's, like, I would go buy one where I could walk around. Yeah, like, that, like battery. That exactly. You, yeah. But I know I have told myself, like... I will not exclusively pump for that long again. Mm-hmm. Like I said, if it's like during the cold and flu season, you know, those first three months are really important. They say six, but like at least three. Definitely the three, yeah. Because I'm not anti-formula. Yeah, me either. I was worried though because people are like, oh, when they go from breast milk to formula, they will not like the formula. Like they're going to reject they it. This, she chugs that scary. formula bottle yeah. like faster than any of my breasts. And then I was mad because I'm like, oh, wow, I just spent eight months giving you breast milk for you to chug a bottle of formula like it's no big deal yeah. <laughs> um but I think that pumping really led to like my postpartum depression and anxiety and um like I said there were days where I'd cry in the shower and just be like I should leave like they don't need me yeah. I never felt that like instant connection with my baby like I was like two weeks postpartum like texting my boss like okay, I'm ready to come back. Like, I, I want so to come back to work. Back to work. <laughs> like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> and so I think that just not, like, I don't know, maybe it was the pumping, maybe it was the hormones. Like, I just never had that, like, instant connection with her. You just feel like a milk factory. Like, yeah, and like I just feel, fire. exactly, like, I'm just her mom. Like, I wake up with her in the middle of the night, I feed her, and, you know, like, 
what else am I here for? Like, I don't feel this special bond with her. Like, I never had a newborn. And so I finally went to my doctor. You know, you're six week, and they make you do this, like, questionnaire. I'm like, mm-hmm. do you have postpartum depression? Yeah, you know that's what they're trying to get at. So I'm just like circling it. And it's like, if you have more than 10, you have postpartum. I had like 14 or something. And I was like, I already knew. Like I've already had, you know, depression, anxiety in the past. So I expected it. Mm-hmm. So he put me on um, Wellbutrin, mm-hmm. which after that, I was even more, like my depression was gone, but my anxiety was like even higher. I didn't know you got. Yeah. So I was on Wellbutrin. Oh, I didn't know. And, um, so I started like doing research cause I'm like, wow, like I was not this anxious before, but my anxiety manifested in, um, like being mad. Yeah. So like what now I've learned is like postpartum rage, which is like a part of postpartum anxiety. Mm-hmm. So I was like raging like all the time. Like she would start crying and I'd be like, ah, and like throw something or like want to. And I am so thankful that I never hurt my baby because Mm -hmm. a lot of women do that Mm -hmm. I was able to be like, if I can't handle her, I'll go put her in her crib and then I'd go punch a wall and then be like, okay, okay, I'm fine. Did you actually do that? Yeah. Oh yeah. I punched. (laughs) I luckily I never punched hard enough to like get a hole. It'll probably hurt you though. Yeah. Or (laughs) not my favorite thing, but like in the car, she was crying I would like like bang the roof of my car with my hand because it's like in my head I'm like well I either sit and scream at my baby yeah a baby who has no idea what's going on or I'm just gonna punch the roof of my car and like make myself feel better and so yeah my anxiety was getting worse and worse and I'm like raging all the time like one time Rob left papers on the counter and I was so annoyed with it because I'm like I have asked him 500 times to put these papers away and Layla started crying as I'm trying to get ready for work and so I was like oh and I like took all the papers like pushed them off there was like a tissue box I threw the tissue box like something like, totally irrational you would never mm-hmm. do like in any normal circumstance. yeah and so yeah. I just kind of destroyed and then I was like eh, I'll have to go to work because it would it would click on and off like that and I was like okay I'm fine so I would t- I text Rob I'm like oh just so you know like you're gonna get home and the house is like destroyed and he's like um okay (laughs) (laughs) like what does he say to that like it was hard because he doesn't you know they don't understand what you're going through like yeah and you don't understand like some women deliver their baby and they're fine you know people don't all not everyone gets postpartum depression like oh it's the baby blues like that's that's normal but like when I'm wanting to go punch holes in the wall or like and it's you know months after you've delivered like eight months later nine months later it's like I mean you can have like late onset postpartum depression Uh too like a lot of women will experience it later and a lot of it has to do with like weaning like for breastfeeding and stuff too your hormones are changing again but yeah like just like experiencing like things like that months down the road when like your hormones technically kind of have returned to yeah because I wasn't feeling ragey like the first you know six weeks like I was sad and like oh yeah baby blues hormones Mm -hmm. changing and then when I got on that medication I was like like just wanting to hit punch people and you know punch the car so I started doing research because Rob's like, do you think this medication's working? So like you were sad, <laughs> you were like depressed beforehand and anxious. So you got put on medication and, and then it, was, it made the, you angry. It made my anger, like That's my anger higher. It made my anxiety higher. Like I was also like always thinking like she was going to stop breathing and like constantly checking on her in the night. And yeah. so I like did some research about Wellbutrin because I've taken it in the past and it worked fine. 
but this time I was like, I don't know, there's something different. And it was like saying that Wellbutrin can actually cause anxiety to be worse. So it'll help your depression, but it'll make your anxiety worse. So I just stopped taking it. It wasn't one I had to like taper off of. So I just stopped taking it. Um, but I would still get these like fits of like rage. Yeah. And I don't think I felt like normal until she was one. And like, yeah, and even like to this day, like I'll still get like ragey moments. Like, cause I never did that before. Yeah. I was never like, a, <laughs> I'm not a violent person, but like, I was never like, I'm going to go punch a wall cause I'm mad. But like, even to this day, it's what, two years later, mm-hmm. I still get these like weird rage moments these urges yeah these urges to go punch a wall or slam a door or like i don't know why like walls and doors are like where my (laughs) go-to things to hurt but i was i thought i was crazy i'm like oh my gosh like i'm so angry like what's wrong with me like i should be so happy i have this beautiful baby and she's healthy but like all i want to do is like slam the door and punch somebody and so i was like something's wrong with me something's wrong with me and then i found an article on facebook I mean, definitely everything great on the internet, but I found this article on, like, one of those mom pages, mm-hmm. and it was talking about how, like, postpartum rage is a part of postpartum anxiety, and then I instantly felt better, because mm-hmm. I was like, okay, like, I'm not the only mom Who's felt that, that felt like mm-hmm. this, and so I've done a lot more research on it, and, like, it's a lot more common than you think. Mm-hmm. I'm very open about it, but I could see why other people don't, because, you know, if I'm telling you I'm punching, like, walls... Like, a lot of people are going to be like, oh, what are you doing to your kid? Yeah. Like, is your kid mm-hmm. safe? I'm like, so no, my kid is fine. Talk, talk about, about it. it. Yeah. yeah and sure. one thing that really helped my rage, um, once I stopped pumping, well, that just changed my life, yeah. is um, I started, like, taking CBD, mm-hmm. and I started uh, smoking marijuana before bed, because she was sleeping through the night at four months. So, like, getting, like, a good night's sleep and that changed like my entire life. Yeah. And like looking back at it, because you said, you know, you started taking the medication and it helped with your depression, but it made your anxiety worse. Would you do it again? The medication? Mm-hmm. Um, no. 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 I mean, I'm not anti-medication. Like I'm, I'm so for it. Um, if it happens again, I would definitely talk to my doctor like about a different, type. a different type because yeah. I've taken other stuff before too. And so I'm totally not anti Honestly, like I would prefer to be able to do CBD and like smoking marijuana, like well, the so more natural. Been able to find yeah, like more natural, like holistic methods yeah. to handle it. Um, no, I'm not against medication either, but you know, it's like whatever works. For yeah, you. because you can only take certain medications if you're breastfeeding because it yeah. goes into yes. the milk, and that's yep. why Wellbutrin was like a good one. And I had taken it before, so like, oh yeah, this is cool. Um, the problem with like smoking marijuana is a lot of people are anti that, like especially like where I was like I like I didn't tell anybody like I didn't Mm -hmm. tell my doctor I didn't you know tell you know it was no one's business but like here in California like I might be a little more like oh maybe I can talk to my doctor about it Mm -hmm. but for me personally like that's kind of what helped me get through you know my anxiety Mm. is doing that it just I think even just getting a good night's sleep like I was a terrible sleeper sleep deprivation is no joke it was eight months of it changes your whole personality well and Victoria knows this like I've never ever been a good sleeper I always wake up six plus times a night yeah I like just can never sleep and so when you have a baby and you're not sleeping when you're pumping and not sleeping like it takes a toll on you and your hormones and so once I got like that first night like of sleep I was like this chain like life changing. Mm-hmm. 
and I don't like to this day I still do it so for me that that's what helped mine I do have a question. So before your doctor at the six-week checkup or whatever does that test or quizzes you essentially to see if you have postpartum depression, do they talk to you guys about that like before? That was the first time I saw my doctor since I delivered. And so, but it's not something that gets brought up like even at your checkups while you're pregnant. It's so interesting to me. I feel like it's still kind of a taboo topic talking about it with social media and Facebook and Instagram. Like, more I was saying that they're like oh I'm psycho like why do I want to punch a hole in the wall like I bet another well, mom- social media Instagram is like our highlight reel so of course mm-hmm. everybody posts like all their beautiful pictures yep. of like oh they've already bounced back right after like having a baby like their baby is sleeping through the night like um they're they're posting pictures of them breastfeeding and it's like looks like they're handling it perfectly well, and like, everything and then you're sitting over here your hair's a mess you haven't showered in a couple of days like your baby's screaming because they can't latch on properly um you've like got a big like fupa like well you're wearing depends or you're wearing, wearing a pad yeah. for six weeks i'm like wait a minute i, I don't look like that yeah. why don't i look like that like why what am i doing wrong what's wrong with me well and That's- i think that you might have experienced what i'm feeling is like being like in 2019 and being on Instagram, like you said, highlight reel only, mm-hmm. then you start thinking to yourself like, oh my gosh, like I'm a terrible mom. Like I don't, cause you see these posts like, I love my baby so much. Mm-hmm. I never want to leave it's you. It's the most beautiful bond. I spend every single second with you. And not to you. say like people don't actually feel that and that's great, but also like. And I didn't feel that. They probably also have moments where they like want to just go put their baby down and like go punch a wall and it's like they're not telling people that and so they're it's almost like it's like a facade like they're not like sharing like the truth yeah and I've always tried to be really transparent like yeah you know some people might think I'm kind of negative but I post I think I've posted a lot about my postpartum experience and you know breastfeeding or pumping and how hard it was and like I don't want to be like, oh, like a negative Nancy, but at the same time, like I want other people, oh, it's all all, like Instagram pictures and filters and, you know, the little towels you lay your baby on and it's like, oh, one month, two months, like, Mm -hmm. like I, of course I did that stuff. I did too, I tried, but then like as the months progress, it like gets worse You don't have time for that. (laughs) So you see these, like, and I'm a stay at home mom. So I, I worked her first year and then now I've stayed home with her the last, Oh, it's been about a year now. Yeah. Stayed home with her the last year. And you see these stay-at-home moms that just are so happy to be with their kids all day. And, and they're out and about doing this and, and that. And then I'm their here. house is immaculate. Yeah, and I'm, when are you going to school so I can go back to work? Like, yeah. It's, yeah, and see, and that's like, like, it's hard whether you're working mom or staying at home mom. Like, there should be no mom shaming, like, for what you choose to do. Because I've done both. And yeah. they're both, they're both just as and hard. And like you said, you could not wait to get back to work after no, postpartum. two weeks, I'm texting my, my boss, Gina, can I come back? Yeah, she's I like, felt no. the same way too. And I didn't think before having a baby, I was like, oh, I can't wait to go on maternity leave. It's going to be like a nice little, like, break, like a little vacation. Like, I've never had this much time off from work <laughs> since I was, like, in school, you know? And then immediately you're like, oh, no, this is this like, like a terrible. full-time job. Yeah. This is like worse than a full-time job. Like I actually want to go back to my full-time job and 
have somebody else help me. Like, I just felt like I didn't, I mean, like I had a lot of help and stuff, but I like didn't want to have visitors afterwards. I had Leah come over like, and she was like one of the only people, like even my best friend hadn't even come over and see me. She came and saw me in the hospital, but that was even like, I was like, okay, like she really wants to come see him in the hospital. I didn't want any visitors in the hospital while we were in the NICU. And it's so weird because like a lot of times people want to come see your newborn baby and they want to like come congratulate you and you you would think oh yeah like I want all this attention I want everybody well, it's like to come the, see my it's baby. like the movies you see them deliver yeah. their baby then all their friends and family are come there and see them, yeah. and they're holding their baby when you in see reality people's pictures on Instagram of them visiting them in the hospital holding yeah. like their sister's new baby or wh- whoever best friend's new baby I didn't want it was any more of that. I hardly even texted people back like and I'm sorry for everybody you know but like you were like getting the info from Sarah like yeah. I didn't barely even wanted to like I would do it in spurts I'd be like okay like I'm sitting in the NICU here I'm just gonna text everybody back and tell them like what's going on but it's yeah exhausting. it was totally different than like what I expected and having him in the NICU was hard and traumatizing kind of like what you said like it's not what you expect. To have a healthy baby sitting in the NICU is the heart not the hardest. Right. It's difficult because you just want to take your baby home and not have to spend 12 plus hours a day and right. coming back but and you forth. But you feel, and that's what started the anxiety for me too was like the birth experience, then being in the NICU, trying to learn how to breastfeed. I had an immense amount of pressure like to breastfeed and I don't regret breastfeeding. I'm very glad I was able to do it. Um, I just recently weaned Jackson. He's gonna. He's 17 months old and we're finally completely done. Yay. But... It's definitely, it was a hard process getting started and it was a hard process to finish. So it's definitely something I would never like put pressure on a new mom to, to do. I would never shame them if they decided they wanted to just exclusively pump or if they wanted to just exclusively give them formula. I'm like, honestly, cause I know how hard it is and like, I know like how hard it like affects you mentally and the pressure that we put on ourselves and that society puts on us to breastfeed which is what if I I kind of wonder if that pressure that society puts on us now because the social media is like more prevalent because you see it all the time if that's why more people are having postpartum depression I anxiety so. I really do because you see it like oh we instantly came to my breasts and right it's been so easy to breastfeed and even if it is a struggle like I like followed all these like pro breastfeeding like like you know know, I I listen to podcasts I followed them on Instagram and stuff and there's like La Leche League and all this stuff and there's all these moms that are like yeah it's hard but you know what you got to do what's best for your baby like don't be selfish There's like, like these they need clicks. this liquid gold this is the best gift you can ever give them in their life and and like what kind of a person are you if that is you so aggressive you, you are so selfish you, you had all your life to go out and like I could go on for days and I'm just sitting here like okay like I guess I'm like selfish that I'm like not want to go see my friends for a couple yeah, hours not to mention yeah and then it's like you can't you can't you feel like you can't even live with your life like you're like okay well I can't go out you know because to be here to breastfeed my baby he's gonna freak out and then my husband doesn't know what to do he can try and give him a bottle but it's not the same because the baby just wants you and blah 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 so then you yes you form this bond with your baby but you also like you're You're the only one stuff oh it's funny how you're like oh i follow this breastfeeding group and it's like breastfeed breastfeeding only mm -hmm. well like i followed like a lot of exclusively pumping groups Mm -hmm. and it's like there's these little like mom clicks because mm-hmm. exclusively pump is like, how dare you just expect me to breastfeed my baby? Yeah. And then, yeah, see, you know what like, I mean? There's, there's opinions on all, all sides. Side. So really, like, looking back, I just freaking do you. Like, yeah. don't care what anybody 
you know what's best for your baby as a mom like you do what's best like honestly like I don't want to go like that is best or breast is best or whatever a healthy baby is best yeah like honestly if you need to do what's best for you and your baby if you're a happy mom you're going to be able to be the best mom that you can be to your baby and then in turn your baby will be happy like if you're struggling and you're sad and you're like worried about what people are thinking about you constantly and everything it's gonna affect your emotional state and it's gonna trickle down to like how your baby how you take care of your baby and stuff and I just it's just not worth it mm-hmm. you know it's not worth it to feel that way guess what I'm gonna say <laughs> your baby's crying <laughs> she's crying I I have a two-year-old so it's just tantrum. terrible twos are real tantrum every five seconds so yeah, so what did, like, how did your, like, postpartum anxiety manifest? Yeah. So, like, it definitely started from the birth experience that I had and then following into the NICU. And then a lot of it was, was for me personally, triggered around breastfeeding and just, like, the day-to-day, like, because I knew I was going back to work. I, um, I, like, seriously tried to, like, to do the best I could. I have a sister-in-law who's also... Um, uh, not a breastfeeding like lactation specialist, but she's like a coach for it. She works at Mary Birch in the in the um, the boutique down there, and she gives advice like to like moms that like are struggling. So she actually came over and helped me. I had so much help. I had so much resources mm-hmm. like in the NICU. Like the everyone was so helpful. So I almost felt like I didn't give up. Then I also every time I was like, you know, like crying to my husband, like I don't think I can do this. Like this is like, this is really hard. Like he'd be like. Oh, so you're just going to give up? Like, I mean, and not to like throw him down, but like we were both like in a very, like having a new baby is really hard on a marriage too. It's really mm-hmm. hard on a relationship. And Gabe and I definitely, like we've had a great relationship from the point we were dating. Like our marriage has been great, but definitely like the baby's first year was probably the roughest patch that we've ever gone through in our marriage. And, and especially in those first few months. And because I would feel like, like, okay, I'm doing so much right now. I'm glued to this couch. Like this baby is like, just on me 24 7 he's either sleeping on me or he's latched on breastfeeding or I'm changing his diaper like I was sleep deprived I was I would cry like just like at the drop of a hat for no reason at all like Gabe would be like what's going on I'm like I don't know I don't even know I'm crying right now I'm just like I have tears running down my eyes like felt like delusional and stuff and and when I'd be like and then oh, my dad came over to visit me one time and he like could tell like I wasn't okay and he's like well do you think like breastfeeding is like causing you to feel this way he's like do you think he would be much happier if you could just give him formula and I was like yeah I think so like I really do I was like but that's not an option for me like I can't like I was so concerned what everyone would think of me my husband Mm -hmm. I was concerned what his family would think because both his sisters like had kids of their own and they breastfed their babies till they were two. And well, it's like, like my husband's mom delivered five babies naturally, yeah, like, like breastfed every single like one of them. You feel like so much pressure to like measure up. And it's like, that's like the start of like the feel, like the anxiety and the rage and the depression that you feel like comparing it, yourself to yeah, other comparing moms. yourself. And then like, you feel like you're a failure. You're like, you're not good enough. And you feel like people are going to talk about you behind your back and judge you and all of a sudden, yeah, people are going to, and you have to just like, accept it yeah because honestly like people are gonna have opinions no matter what like you can be like the greatest mom and they could be like oh like you know she spends too much time with her kids or something and not enough time with her friends and it's like okay or oh she she's with her friends too much like she's not with her kid like you have to think about like all those things people are always gonna have an opinion you just have to do you you know yeah and so like for mine I was always so mainly I was 
I would be anxious when I was out and about, and if Jackson would start crying, I was like, okay, I gotta find a place, because I'm not someone to just whip my boob out and start, like, breastfeeding, like, in public, like, I still would respect other people, like, their feelings and everything like that, so I'm like, okay, I gotta go run and find somewhere to feed him, and then Jackson never liked being covered up, like, I would try to use the nursing cover, like, out at a restaurant or something, and he'd be, like, flailing around, and he'd be, like, trying to get it off of And him. everyone's watching you. Everyone's, yeah, it's almost like, like, you're at a restaurant, your baby stops, starts crying, and then you breastfeed, and it's almost like you feel everyone's eyes look at you, like, all right, mom, what are you gonna do? Like, they're judging you, and they're waiting. And it never stops. It I never mean, stops, and, and it could have been, no one was even, like, like, Gabe would always be like, no one was looking at us. I'd be like, we'd leave Russia. I'd be like, oh my God, everyone was staring at us. Like, Jackson was crying and everyone was looking at us. He's like, no, they weren't. Well, so I'd be I like, was that, that just me? Like, did I feel like everyone was just staring at me? I feel me? like pre having a baby, I'd be at a restaurant and a mm-hmm. baby would walk in. And it's like, like, oh, oh my great, God. here's a baby. Like, yes. how's this so going to go? You know how you used to feel? I was the same way. Or like, if someone would cry, I'd be like, can they just go outside? Can you, like, tell your baby to stop? Yeah, or, like, get like, your baby to stop. going on? So, so, me, I would be conscious of that. So, like, if, if we were out somewhere, I would not have a good time. We'd go out to eat with family. Like, I, like, would be like, can someone watch my baby, please? Because I, like, cannot enjoy myself. I'm constantly just focused on Jackson. And, like, and if he would start crying, I would take him and I would get up and I would leave. Because I didn't want to be disruptive yeah. to other people. But at the same time, I'm sitting outside by myself. Or in another room at somebody's house by myself breastfeeding him, like, feeling pissed off because I'm like, this sucks. Like, I feel so isolated right now because everyone else is having a good time, not bothered with, you know, having to breastfeed their baby. And here I am sitting here. My food is cold. Like, like, honestly, like, it makes me not ever want to have another baby just from, like, the birth experience that I had to having to breastfeed. And if that sounds selfish, I don't really care because I, like, I feel like... I don't want to like, I feel like I'm coming out of that place and I don't want to go back to that dark place again. But then at the same time, I have like, I'm starting to get baby fever again, oh gosh, which too. everyone told me like, oh yeah, don't worry. Like you're going to feel it again. I'm like, hell no. I'm- I have five friends right now that are pregnant and due to have their babies between November and February. And it just is Okay, like I can go get my baby fixed by like you know being there for them and like holding their babies and stuff but at the same time like Jackson's getting older and he's getting a little bit easier and stuff like that and now I'm do you really want to disrupt that I don't want to no, see I feel, one yeah. that's how I feel I don't want to disrupt that I, I'm in a good place finally and I'm happy and you know like everything's just like flowing again but then I'm also like you you look back and you're like it feels like it was it went by so fast like the infant phase the hard phase and so it's like you really want to do it again yeah because it's like the first three months and it's like once you get through it like oh it was I don't want to say easy but it's like oh I could do this again Mm because you can do it again like you have no choice mm-hmm. you have no choice you don't you just have to do and it they and say deal the with hardest it. transition is from becoming becoming a first-time parent like going from you have the way your life kids. was yeah, yeah the way your life was before having a kid to being in the thick of it and you cannot get out of it you're like well this is my life this is my reality I like, hear going from one to two is much easier because mm-hmm, you're already like used to it you know like I mean, you already don't know, get me wrong it's still hard yeah, it's still hard because like, you're like okay not sleeping again a b your baby is like attached to you 24 7 but it's like it's it's gradual like I mean it's fleeting it's it's not permanent well one of my favorite sayings that I would just like repeat to myself all the time was it's not always going to be this way she's mm-hmm. not always going to be waking up right. every three hours to eat she is going to sleep through the night one time like yeah there is going to be a day where she's not downstairs crying right. probably for no reason like it's not gonna 
and it's it's worth it yeah you know so that you just have to give yourself grace and you have to like when you're in that those early like postpartum days know you're gonna feel sad you're gonna mm-hmm. feel the baby blues you're I mean you're, you can't help it your your hormones are like fluctuating you're gonna feel like the lowest like you've ever felt like you're gonna feel like the worst you've ever felt but also just know like the best advice is honestly sleep when the baby sleeps like everyone jokes mm-hmm. about it and stuff like oh everyone always says that it's true like your baby goes on for a nap their naps are so like here and there and all over the place you never know when they're gonna sleep don't get up and be like okay now I gotta do my dishes and I gotta do my laundry and all this stuff take care of just sleep because you could be up at 2 a.m and your husband's sleeping and you could be up at 2 a.m wishing god I wish I would have slept during the day like Mm -hmm. I could do the dishes at 3 a.m like when my baby's up too or something you know like don't like stress yourself out about having a super clean house like when you just gave birth to like a new baby moms like don't put pressure on yourself and like you will you will go out again you will what well, like you'll have your be your own person again yeah. you will get your body back again you like, will get to see your friends again you will get to see your friends again yeah. your marriage will be good again like it's just it's just temporary <laughs> I think that if I could give advice to like any new mom it's like do what's best for you mm-hmm. because don't breastfeed if breastfeeding is hard and your baby's losing weight and you're not doing well mentally don't force it your baby's gonna be fine mm-hmm. you know formula these days you know if people are worried about formula formula these days are so good like it's basically almost breast milk mm-hmm. like do what's best for your mental health because if you're not in a good mental state babies feed off your energy and they're gonna know oh mommy's not doing good and then they're gonna have like a yep. bad energy yeah so don't do what you think is expected like do what's best for you like that's what I had to do breastfeeding isn't working I'm gonna pump mm-hmm. finally pumping is not working I have to stop yeah and so that would be my advice for moms don't just feel pressure to because of social media because someone's baby instantly breastfed that mm-hmm. it's so easy and that they're sleeping through the night because reality is they're probably not yeah, and like yeah. don't compare yourself to what everyone else is doing or what they're going through because everyone's all of our experiences are so different. Every baby's different. Like yeah. this hour or so we've been sitting here, I've heard my kids screaming at least four times and I haven't heard your kid make a peep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like every kid is different. But it could just be he's in his own place. Yeah. He's he's uh, He's like, Oh, she's screaming, I'm out of here. Yeah, I was probably doing his Jackson's probably like pushing her over, taking her the toys she wants to play with, like <laughs> Who knows? But yeah, don't let society pressure you into thinking that you need to be the super mom. Like you need to take care of your mental health first. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's that's what I would change with my next if we if when, when whatever you, if have another yeah. kid. Yeah. I'm not gonna let, you know, family or friends or whoever pressure me into doing stuff that yeah. I know I don't want to do. Yeah, and then also I think like I mean, you still are your own people and you're still Leah and you're still Carissa. You're just also now mom. Yep. Yes. And the, being a mom does not change your like identity or like what's important to you yep. in life. Yeah, you still are going to have, it's okay to have other interests and outlets outside of your, your child baby, yeah. and being a mom. And people like want to like judge, like, like I even will have friends, like I was just in Vegas last weekend for a for work for a dental seminar and I have some friends that are like oh haha where's your where's Jackson like why like it's almost like you're a mom now like you're not allowed to go away yeah and that's another thing I would feel such anxiety like if I I felt anxiety going away for like Alicia's bachelorette party yeah, yeah. being away from I thought I, I don't know, know. gonna judge me <laughs> no yeah 
and it's just like because like when you're not you're not used to it like you're just so you're you become so programmed to being there for your baby 24 7 that you're like oh my god like how are they gonna get on like without me like you, you how is their father so, gonna take care right, of them when so I'm not used there to, like being like the main person that, that everyone relies on that like but no like you need for like your sanity and like for your mental health it's okay to get away for a few days like and not feel guilty about it and like you're you're never gonna totally not feel guilty you're not gonna ever yeah. like miss your baby you're gonna want to talk to them facetime with them when you're gone but it's okay to get away and it doesn't matter when it could be a month after you've had the baby it could be a year after you've had the baby whenever you feel comfortable doing it but don't let anybody make you feel like you're a bad mom because you took a weekend trip away i never wanted my identity to to be I'm just a mom especially mm-hmm. now being exactly. a stay-at-home mom like mm-hmm. I go do I I guess I'm lucky in the sense that like when I do come to visit like my mom will watch her and I mm-hmm. get to go hang out with my friends every night and mm-hmm. get that time away from her and I always told myself like you know people become like stay-at-home moms and like they're a mom that's it yeah and I'm like I didn't I never wanted that like yes I am a mom but that's not my whole life like I still have interests I still have like I like to go to the gym or I like to go hang out with my friends Mm or you know sometimes my friends like oh where's your baby and it's like yeah I want my toddler to know all my friends but at the same time like I just kind of want to hang out with adults. Right. Exactly. You don't want to have to, because it takes your attention away from your friendships and your friends when you have your child. And you need those people, like, whether you're a mom or not a mom, like, Mm -hmm. I need friends to support me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's days I text Victoria, like, oh, my baby's driving me crazy. Like, Mm -hmm. she doesn't understand what I'm going through, but it's nice to know that, like, oh, I can be like, I'm going insane mm-hmm, and yeah. she'll be there to talk to me like mm-hmm. don't drop your friends and, and you're able to relate too through your sit through your sister's experience mm-hmm. and stuff and how she's gone through stuff you can you it's like I'm sure you're seeing like similarities like through all of our stories yeah and because all of you have different like situations mm-hmm. like some of you I are stay at home moms some of you are working moms some of you like my sister's not with her baby daddy you know so like I get to see all sorts of different things um but yeah I definitely and I think I kind of want to talk about just really quickly like if you do feel like you can't leave your kid I think you also need to talk to people That's about therapy. like mm-hmm. yeah and just kind of like I I not as someone who's not a mom I can't imagine what it's like to like leave your baby for the first time mm-hmm. but I also think if it's preventing you from doing things in your life like missing out on like big yeah. like events or yeah like something that you would normally be there for yeah like, you know regardless you know but other than you feel like you can't because yeah like I think that's a different manifestation of postpartum depression it will be fine yeah they will never remember if you left them for four hours to go to dinner with your friends yeah they will survive I mean not everyone has their father in the picture but you know what find a babysitter yeah you know I mean like there are care.com like there's mom groups in almost every city like you need to let people help you yeah Yeah. you cannot do it on your own there's also i want to share really quick there's also a really great app that i just found too it's called peanut i've been on peanut you have met one of my really really good mom friends on peanut you did yeah yeah my friend Lindsay, who's probably gonna listen to this (laughs) so i met my friend Lindsay on peanut but what was cool for me is my husband went to high school with her oh nice. so for us to meet because she's was, in your area yeah. right you found friends yeah. in your area and I've yeah. also just met other moms and just like chatted with them like mm-hmm. it's like tinder for moms yes basically you yeah. can like swipe 
swipe and like you wave at them and but it's, it's like, like don't isolate yourself you need to talk to people talk to other moms even talk to your friends like if they're a good friend they're gonna sit and listen to you regardless if they understand or not mm-hmm. I think a lot of new moms isolate themselves and think that it just has to be them and their baby like don't do that yeah that's yeah. another I was talking to Lisa about it because I was like, I look around and I feel like everyone I know that has had a baby recently just has a really great support system, whether it's their family or just like friends, like they just have people like that are able to help them and like be there for them. And I think that's like why a lot of maybe like older generations, moms um, struggled way more with postpartum depression too, is because they did feel like they had to take it all on, you know, like there, there were husbands that were working all day long and would come home and the baby was already asleep. And so they weren't ever really like helping to raise the baby. So it was all on the mom. And that's why I think, you know, older generations, moms just like suffered a little bit more because they didn't have people to talk to or spend time with. Like they were just kind of stuck with their babies. I think that's like an older mentality too, of like the mom does everything. Mm -hmm. Like when I found out I was pregnant, I was like, no, it's Rob and I. Like, Rob doesn't babysit our kid. He takes care of her because it's his child. And I think a lot of people still have this mentality of, like, well, I'm the mom. I'm supposed to be the main caregiver, and I need to do everything, and I need to cook and clean and dishes and, you know, let my husband go to work, and he just comes home. Like, I am not like that. Like, mm-hmm. no, she's your baby, too. You don't babysit her. You watch her. It's mm-hmm. so like, when I leave, yeah. like, when I went to Vegas, it's like, I had no problem. Mm-hmm. Of course, you worry, like, oh, are right. they going to be okay without me? Like, I'm with her all the time. Like, well, and you still had Rob calling you, like, so yeah. what should, she's hungry. What should yeah. I give her? And you're like, okay, but I had the cabinet, <laughs> cut her up some cheese. We have this. We have that. Like, but I had no. Your mom, your like, job as a mom never. I mean, and I don't want yeah. to call it a job, but, like. Your role as a mom never ends. But I had no worries leaving her with him. Yeah. It wasn't even like a question. Like, I'm going to Vegas for my best friend's bachelorette. It's not like, oh, can you stay with her? Like, I mean, I'm going to talk to him. Like, are you, is this something we can afford? Is this something we can yeah. do? But it was never like that big of a deal. Yeah. Like, no, you're her father. Of course you're going to stay home with her. Mm-hmm. Obviously. And honestly, I think it's good for us to go away sometimes because yeah. it gives them that opportunity one-on-one to bond with yeah. the, with them, you know? Because as at this stage, like, they're so, like, all about their moms Mommy, and everything yeah. like that. So it gives them a chance to bond with them. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I think you guys, we like, all women, like, you guys are just badass for being able to do it in general because I will say I don't think I'll ever do it. Hi! That's her knocking on the, <laughs> on the microphone. Can you say hi? Well, and for anybody, having, everybody who's a first-time mom who's pregnant or, you know, who's about to be a first-time mom and they're pregnant right now listening listening to this, um, for insight, I don't want to Being scare you. Yeah, I don't want, we're not trying to scare you either, but also you just want to have, like, be realistic. a realistic perspective on, a fresh perspective, plug, <laughs> on you know, what you're embarking on, the journey you're embarking on, so. Well, because I feel like there, so many people don't share the real story. Because mm-hmm. they don't want to, they don't want to scare people. Yeah, but I'm like, I want all the facts. Mm-hmm. Like, I want you to tell me how scary and dramatic it was, yeah. because I don't want to go in, if I ever do have a baby, expecting it to go, like, smooth, and, like, there's no issues, or, like, be scared, I guess. I'd rather know the facts, like, 
going into right. it. Right. And then if you have a great experience, then you, it just makes you all the more thankful that, okay, like I've heard stories, like horror stories of like what other women have gone through. And mine was, I thought mine was great. And it makes you more, you know, grateful well, on the matter. Listening. Because you talk to me, to you can message me, you can DM me. Like, yeah, don't be afraid to reach out to other moms. I will say most moms are going to be there for you regardless. And most moms want to talk about uh, we it. We want to talk about it. We want to talk to other we people. We don't want to over, we always like have to keep it in because we don't want to overshare. <laughs>